0: Hey folks, Nate here. You're listening to Critical Care, a show about games, community, and finding hope in a time of global unrest. This is episode 27, featuring multimedia artist and tabletop game designer Maria Meeson. Enjoy!
1: Hi, Maria. I'm of Star Prince Games. My pronouns are she, they, and I designed games pre-pandemic. I am a dance teacher and a theater free, freelance person. Yeah.
0: Awesome. And uh, your, the itchio account, at least for your, your games, say you started doing tabletop top stuff in 2019. Is that about when you jumped in? It, it feels like you put out a lot of stuff, so I didn't know if, if you've just been super prolific.
1: Yeah, it's just like a way to... It's like a semi-diary kind of thing where mm. I'm curious about something and then make a tabletop about it. But yeah, 2019. It's been... Yeah, it's been a wild year.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's there's so much stuff on your page. I have I've not gotten a chance to play all of them, but they all look really interesting and I'm continually impressed in the different directions they go. Uh, so I guess that's a good segue into like, I wanted to ask kind of, I guess, what compelled you to start making tabletop games, kind of what your goals are with them, and I don't know, just what inspired you to take this move?
1: Yeah, uh, actually, you've had Jammy on here, and Jammy is my friend, um, like, before tabletop. And I played one of their games called Their Love Destroyed This Land, which is Hmm. like a tarot game. Um, It's like a long story and you draw tarot cards for props and it changed me <laughs> you know those games where yeah it's like you play the game and you're staring at a wall for three hours mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it's like whoa, damn like there was like no going back after that game i was so uh i was so shocked and astonished about just the like, that game made me self-reflect a lot because it had this question about um, what is a gift that is actually a curse or what is a mir- miracle or a blessing that isn't a miracle or a blessing from the three main characters. And it, like, your, your first impulse answer to that question is um, everything that you think is actually good for you, but in the story you play out it's worst consequences. So you you call out yourself on your worst patterns. It was so it was so beautiful in the sense that it was so self-reflective as as a solo game. And I was like, damn, how do you make these? <laughs> also, um, uh, Atajami the also has this other game called uh, Love Stories in Manila, where you date a bunch of supernatural folklore in the Philippines and i was so impressed about how she oh how they reinterpreted certain mm, certain creatures into like personality traits so for example the local gnome is hard headed right and when i read it i was like damn i should do this for archangels and and at first i was offering for atijami to post it on their itch by the way ate just means older sibling or older sister in Filipino. Um so I was asking at a jammy if I could post it on their itch and they were like, Oh you can post it on your itch if you want, you could make one. And I was like, Oh um right <laughs> and I was like mm. so ever re- and then so I posted like my first game, uh Archangel Dating Simulator and then I just kept going. Uh-
0: Oh dang! So that was your that was your first game that you made. That's that's interesting. That's the first one that I played of yours, and it really really grabbed me. As as a lapsed Catholic, I I always appreciate uh, very different sort of interpretations of I don't know if mythology is the right word, but theology, I guess.
1: Yeah, like the angel lore, right? I mm-hmm. mean, they're really good archetypes. I mean, Gabriel or Raphael. I mean, I like them a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I had a game prior to that, but it was it was more of like a weird larp slash poem thing of like my favorite fable, but I feel like Art angel simulator is like my first like legit t t r p g that follows the t t r p g format
0: yeah i i i I think I got there from another i was introducing jamie's games to to someone uh and kind of looking for stuff along those lines so it makes total sense that that you two would be friends and kind of inspiring one another uh because I, I definitely see that semblance um and yeah it was it was i i had a similar experience with with jammy's games as well of just kind of it completely like redefining what i thought like a a a game and especially like a tabletop game could do coming from like I guess, like, more traditional, like, Western table stuff, like Dungeons and Dragons and, you know, very stat-heavy kind of less story, emotion-driven stuff and finding stuff that's, like, all the way over on the other side of just, like, this is all about feelings and relationships and reinterpreting, like, symbols was just, like, wow, this is... I didn't know that this was something that I wanted, but now I... I, I very no, I much do. want more of it, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because stories are so powerful like as a device, right? And if you just see games as like playing ways stories could play out, right? I mean, who said it had to be this specific kind of fancy? So it's mm-hmm. more of like, what stories do nourish you or what stories are you interested in? And yeah, it's really exciting.
0: In the in the time since you've put out Archangel, Dating Sim, um, and put out a bunch of other games, what are kind of the, I guess, what's that experience been like? Like, what's the feedback been? Have you found felt like your what you're making has has changed like dramatically based on on that time?
1: Oh yeah, um, I feel like I've learned more or I've explored more. Um, I kind of see myself as a. Uh, As a multidisciplinary artist, like, Mm -hmm. I do take myself seriously as a dancer and as a, um, like, a visual arts person. So I feel like games is kind of, like, just another medium. So, for example, I have games like poems. So it's, like, I'm exploring how games are, like, related to poetry. So, or, like, um, I have this other game called, mm, like, Poetry Generator, and it's about... And it's kind of like devising from theater. So I feel like as I've made a lot of games, I feel like I've explored different aspects of me. Like this is the part of me that's interested with in the body. I'll make a game about that. This is the part of me that's interested with poetry. I'll make a game about that. Oh, this is the game about me that I like making sense and virtues into people and making them fall <laughs> in love. Fine, <laughs> I will make a game about that. So it's like, it's just different as yeah, just different parts the same person, which is me <laughs> in a way, yeah.
0: Yeah, I love how how just kind of open all of your games feel. Like, they... There's never any... In all of the ones I've played, there's never been a point where it's like it felt like you made any concession for for anyone else other than this is the, the thing that I wanted to make and maybe, uh-huh. it's, maybe it's weird or strange or just very specifically for me, but I always I, I appreciate that in because I think a lot I think at least for me it's very easy to get caught up in like anticipating what other people are going to think about the thing that you've made and kind of working to make it fit more of this imagined idea of like what people would like. So anytime I find an artist that's like very much just making exactly what they seem to want to and not carrying as much if it's if it's like unusual or yeah. or hard for people to to parse i, I find that really interesting
1: I totally um i have a Jamie once called me maria's just always up in her bullshit and i love it and i'm like um <laughs> and i'm like yeah yeah people must be up in their bullshit <laughs> so, cuz the, i mean um i i remember Mentioning to Kazumi before that I feel like art should be like ripping something out of your own throat. Like it has to be kind of relieving to yourself, uh-huh. right for it to be authentic. So I feel like if I'm not super curious about what I'm trying to explore or if it doesn't nourish me, I don't think it's gonna be nourishing to other people. so i I try my best. I mean, I'm not always there, but I try my best to do something that's really, um, engaging for myself, so that it would translate to the players or to whoever's reading.
0: Yeah, I think I think it definitely does. Maybe the at least from what I've played, maybe the one that best sort of personifies this is "I Eat Mantras for Breakfast," which is is <laughs> is it feels almost like an artist statement of sorts of just yeah, a yeah. a maybe less of a game of just like a long a, a poem, a bunch of of. I guess mantras. I guess you could say uh, yeah, that, they, yeah. <laughs> that you're that you're meant to to yell as you read it. Um, I I read that uh, earlier today actually. Uh, I'd read it sometime in the past, and for whatever reason, it didn't like mesh with me. Like I kind of bounced off it. And the, reading it this time, it was like, oh, this is actually absolutely the energy I want. Maybe it's just maybe it's just spending so much time indoors or. Or what, or or having weird mental stuff, but it was very much the like exact energy I was looking for. I'm I'm gonna send it to a friend after this call actually, because I think she would she would appreciate it. But yeah, that that one is basically all about like don't don't apologize for yourself, don't make compromises, just like completely own your shit and be proud of that, which which is is pretty cool. And and you don't see as you don't see often enough, I think, in art. At least not art that is, like, inviting to people.
1: Yeah, actually, that's what I really love about games. Um, in the, in the usual art scene, or, you know, whatever you want to call art scene or whatever, people are actually gravitating towards a lot of participatory art. So you have people like Abramovich or, like, Yoko Ono stuff, where they invite museum goers to touch their body or to contribute to the room or to... give something that would participate in the art process which is something also that my theater company does in terms of um, when we devise productions it's from the participants like most theater companies would just teach you how to sing or memorize lines but no we make the script from scratch from the students so it's um, I feel like so much of art now Wants involvement just because it's smarter, more creative. It's more collaborative. It's kinder, and I feel like games as like a technology, not just for education, but for like creativity, is like the, it's like the next thing, you know. (laughs) Like I feel like all participatory art people is just doing lyric games. They just didn't write it down yet. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, and I feel like, and then, and if you look at itch, there's so much. People are so good, like people are so creative, people are so mindful. Um, I feel like I and I always say this, I feel like a lot of quote unquote traditional artists would learn so much from game designers. Like if you if you got some theater people, some dance people to actually read how game designers take care of their players and how they facilitate um uh, interactions, they would learn so much. So it's I I really feel like game devs and gamers are sitting on like a pile of gold and they don't know they're sitting on a pile of gold. <laughs> they're like, yo, yo, all the other arts are trying to get to you, you know. But they just have they just don't see you yet. It's I that's how I feel about stuff.
0: I mean, this is maybe more specific to video games, but I feel like a lot of like video games are always trying. They seem like they're always aspiring to be movies rather than like recognizing that games are like a specific thing with their own language that is really cool and yeah that's always like confused me a bit because it's like there's so many cool things you can do you don't have to try and like impersonate something else to to get there
1: it's like some weird medium insecurity right yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i mean i think one of the things that i really like about games is that They really, like, for example, the choose-your-own-adventure game, it's talking to you in second person. And that's so powerful because if you're reading a novel and it's in third person, the things are happening to someone else. If it's in first person, it's happening to the narrator. But for games, it's happening to you, like the reader. It's happening to you, the player. Like, I eat mantras for breakfast is that it's talking to you. It's not talking to a character. It's not talking to itself. It's talking to you. So it's so much more visceral. It's so much more personal. It's so much more immediate. It's so much more real. And I feel like that's where games really excel at because, um, the immersion is supposed, to, um, is just, just more full. I mean, like in video games, your part, you're in it. You have a character that's supposed to be in it. So that's changing the environment. That's changing the narrative as you go through it. So. I feel like that should be appreciated, you know, <laughs> even in Nordic LARP, I feel like so LARP live action role play, they have so much more text about bleed, which is when you associate yourself too much with your character, but you also cathart that way. Um, and I was like, damn, you need to give this to actors so that you could take care of your actors. And you're just so ahead <laughs> i feel like games are so ahead and and i feel like it should be more vocal about the stuff that it's creating
0: mhm do you feel like since you've started making games like has that influenced how you do like your dance and and theater productions
1: oh yeah yes yes i feel like like i mentioned in one of my tweets before that in 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 theater devising, I'm using RPG terms. It's, it's like ah, oh, it's like where's the cat's document? Oh wait, that's an RPG term. And like so, but yeah, um, hmm. yes, it has, and I'm but I'm trying to also respect like the difference of the mediums so that I could properly translate it. I I think it's just one of those things where, like, I'm a multimedia person, so I need to respect per medium so that I could translate them properly. But yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, like in my somatic dance practice my teacher always says you always make stories and I'm like oops (laughs) I'm like like, yeah because you know the actions are stories and and then I noticed that some of my other facilitators don't really put stories in their um in a dance journey of course it's a story so but yeah yeah yes it's definitely influenced a lot but I feel like games are like feel like games have the most translation or most flexibility or maybe i just feel more free in them because i have more authorship around it i'm not sure
0: Mm. yeah i wonder i feel like maybe just part of it is that a game is such like an ambiguous thing especially now with like technology like a game can be almost anything at this point and i i I Some people find that, like, threatening for some reason, but I find it really, like, exciting and inspiring, just, like, all of these things are, like, both in conversation with each other and completely doing their own thing, and it's it's cool seeing people kind of sharing ideas and, and going off and doing something completely different, uh, and I think also just, like, the having the technology now be so accessible to so many people that previously wouldn't have been able to, like, put stuff on the internet or or get their games in front of people. Uh, It's been really cool seeing games come out that are just meeting people in completely different ways than we would have seen in, like, like 10 years ago even.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's kind of like saying that, do you like music? Do you like games? Like, there's no person who doesn't Mm -hmm. like music, and there's no person who doesn't light up when you say, do you want to play the game? So, I feel like if just more people knew or respected how to do good games and how to make more games and how to make more spaces more playful, I think we'd just be healthier and be more fun.
0: For me, the biggest hurdle has been getting people to recognize that, like, when I say game, I don't just mean like a Call of Duty or like a Dungeons and Dragons. Like, the, the, like, Cultural understanding of games still feels really narrow, broadly just because of like marketing and and capital pushing it to to only be this one very specific thing. But once once people get to that next point and they see like all this other cool stuff that's happening, it's like wow, I never knew a game could do this. Like that was my experience playing jammy's games with with someone was they they had even never even thought that like using tarot cards as a storytelling device was, was even a thing. And that was really like exciting to see just someone completely like have their understanding broadened.
1: Yeah. I feel like it's so I, I have this game called A Novena for Trimming the Family Tree and it's kind of like an homage to how like early Filipino revolutionaries used to what do you call those? They they parodies, yeah. They do parodies of typical prayers because people couldn't People weren't allowed to read stuff that wasn't from the Catholic Church. Mm. So they skinned their they skinned their propaganda in through a prayer, right through through novenas that they'd give away. And I feel like that kind of creativity, that kind of mischief is kind of the heart of like like what play is supposed to be. Um, when I think about those people, when I think about those revolutionaries who did it that way, They were kind of what do you call this? Like they were open-minded about how to go about it, and they just leaned with in with how people would listen. So I feel like uh, I feel like with a lot of I feel like that's what's really fun about games. And wait, let me try to organize my thoughts. (laughs) No, but what I mean is that, for example, the Archangel thing, I could do a bunch of contemplative stuff per theme. But making it a dating simulator is just more engaging and more approachable to people. Mm-hmm. So so I feel like it's um, I feel like just meeting people where they are and what's fun would be the answer to probably widening what they perceive games are. But i th- I can totally relate, though, to the whole if you say you're a game designer and they think you're doing d d and Call of Duty, but I mean, yeah, but most of the time, they already know me, so they they also know that, huh? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, don't worry, I do other stuff. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I, I I usually involve them in the game so that they understand what I'm doing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting, the note about like the subversive prayers. I, I'm, I'm not super familiar with Filipino revolution. I, I, I should explore that more because it sounds fascinating. Uh, I did want to ask a bit about kind of a lot of your games do follow kind of a similar kind of subversive uh, route I at least all the ones that I've seen of kind of working from from something that's recognizable and then going off in a completely different sort of sometimes ironic or just amusing uh, direction uh, whether that's the Archangel dating sim or uh, you have a game called Cards Against Insanity which is Cards Against Humanity, but in a like more a friendlier kind of way instead of uh, <laughs> something that kind of punches down. Uh, I I've been kind of vocal. I I really dislike Cards Against Humanity, but looking, I haven't gotten to play Against Insanity yet, but I'm I'm really excited to try that with people because I think it might be a a much more uh, a much nicer part way to yeah. to spend that yeah. time for people who would otherwise pull that game out. Uh, But I'm curious how you kind of come to these, come to these ideas, like if they're just kind of spontaneous or if you're, if you're like responding to specific things or, or trying to fill kind of holes like games that you would like to play.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, I feel like it's actually the cards against humanity thing. I think I'm fascinated. Oh, wait, wait, let me backtrack for a bit. I, I'm a really visual person. Like I feel like visual language carries so much weight underneath it. So, for example, um, cards against insanity has that much resonance because it's parodying the cards against humanity layout or mm-hmm. the novena for a family tree looks like an actual novena. so i i I think, Mm. like I know a bunch of people who would say that the games are the games itself like you know you should treat it I mean you should read it without the layout and stuff but I'm like yo no that's part of the art like the presentation is part of the experience it's part of mm-hmm. the it informs you about how to understand it like I eat mantras for breakfast if it's not in all caps and giant it's not the same game mm-hmm. <laughs> so I feel so I feel like a lot of my games actually I need to know what it looks like first like what it looks like and what it vibes like before I could even write it. So so for the for the cards against insanity one I wanted to make a card game but I wanted yeah yeah and I feel like it was a direct reaction to of Cards Against Humanity that what if it was just nicer? Right? Mm-hmm. Or what if this was what if this was helpful. But if he, yeah, what if this was helpful, right? And then I had a friend tell me that, yo, th- people need to be mature to play this one. <laughs> Cause you're calling because call, because you're calling out each other. And I'm like, yeah, that's like the level of difficulty. Actually, I get that for a bunch of my other games. Like I had someone say to forgetting your touch that I'm sorry if I'm like name dropping so many games and people have to do oh, no, 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 all no. of them. <laughs> but I mean Um, I have this other game that people are... Like, I get that a lot. Like, people are scared to play my game. And I'm like, that's the... That's the quote-unquote level of difficulty. Because I feel like we write ourselves a lot as heroes doing heroic, hard things. But, like, if I put a game where you reclaim a name that you don't want to say, that's a hard thing. And I kind of want people to celebrate that, yo... I, I guess in my game that's heroism like doing a hard thing that's actually good for you or that's actually what you need. So I kind of want to like turn it on its head that okay, you admit that that game's hard to play. Now answer why, right? So it's okay. like and then you're going to be like, yeah, cuz I'm not mature enough to play this and then that's the level of difficulty. <laughs> so it's like so it's so it's kind of yeah, um, even with uh, forgetting your touch, which is about, like, touching your body and, like, consent. Um. The, part of the, like, quote-unquote player difficulty is how good of a relationship... It's like, how much dysphoria do you have? So you're, like, playing a game with your dysphoria, mm-hmm. right? So it's it's different for each person, but it's also um tailor fit for each person because you're navigating your own boundaries to your own body so um so i kind of wanna i mean i feel like a lot of games have this sense of um engineered difficulty that's not really real or it's not really not really real. um there's a better word for it um it's not actually hard it's just a number but I wanted, sometimes I want to make games that are actually hard, (laughs) you know, like, like, like if you like, yo, if you actually take this seriously, this is, this is hard. Like, and if you, and you can get better at it because you do get have, you do get a better relationship with your body. You do get a better maturity with your own emotions. So it's, it's like you up a skill set that people don't usually appreciate. So I think that's what I try to explore with some of my stuff. Like what is heroic slash difficult and like visual language.
0: Yeah, I think so many games, both tabletop and also into in video games, are kind of afraid to like possibly alienate the player. Like when I look at the games that I really enjoy, they're often ones that other that people have like when I recommend them, to people people bounce off them because they're like not they're not inviting in the way that people expect games to be. But what I find really interesting about games like that, about like games like yours, what that really like push the player and make them think not only about like what am I doing in this game, but also like what is this reflecting off of me? Like what 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 are the decisions I'm making say about me? Is it like it it takes that one game experience and then like recontextualize it to help you understand either yourself or like something about the world like if i if i can play a game or i mean i guess this goes for any medium but i'm just doing games more often than not um if i can play a game and have that like help me understand or come to terms with something that i've been like thinking about or feeling like that yeah. It's it's not I'm not just like pulling like a slot machine anymore just kind of wiling the time away like yeah sometimes those games are, can be fun but I don't often feel like fulfilled or like I've grown as a person coming away from them which are the games that really stick with me and and like leave a like emotional history which is like a powerful thing for for any sort of media to do.
1: It's almost like you need to believe in your players. I feel like when I make quote unquote hard games, it's because I believe in the players. Mm -hmm. Like, no, no, I'm convinced you can do this. So this is why I'm saying it, or like I'm convinced that you will understand this. So this is why I'll put it here. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a bit of faith too.
0: Yeah, I think it's definitely it's faith in the player and also like being okay with like. Some players just not being able to to engage with your games like I think a part of it also for some games is that so many are like trying to appeal in some way to every particular player that it kind of just is like a flat experience it doesn't have mm-hmm. it doesn't have that particularity of like your experience and this very specific like emotional aspect that that you can't really get if you're if you're trying to like be very safe about what you're saying and and doing um so it's always inspiring to see people see more and more people kind of moving away from that and being like well what if i made something that was like kind of really intense to play that like you that you actually had to like set up like safe like boundaries and and know what you're getting into which isn't like a light thing to get into but i think is super important and and really uh powerful when it's done right
1: yeah yeah and I feel like people are um for one I'm not offended if they can't engage with it because I feel like them interacting with the medium it's already sloshing at the back of their head <laughs> so that's already a win and and two I think people are like people are self-aware or self mm, mm. Like the person who has who can make the best decisions for themselves is themselves because they know themselves best. So I I do want to trust people in terms of, okay, this is the only this is this is how far I can go and that's it. And Mm um and I think, yeah, like I could respect that because I'm like, no, you know yourself, so of course you can only, if you can only go to it up, up to here, that's fine.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I guess switching gears just a little bit, I I wanted to talk a bit more about uh, one of your games, a hundred thousand places, which is the one that really jumped out to me. I played it uh, a little while ago as part of the Indiepocalypse apocalypse issue uh, for this month. Well, it'll be last. It'll be in September whenever this comes out, but that was included as part of that, and it was really I I mean even alongside your other games, it's not really something that I've played before or, or since then. It's kind of partially a game, partially like freeform, like guided introspection, partially just like visual poetry. Uh I'm curious kind of what the the inspiration and like how how this game kind of came about. Um it's it's one I've seen about around a bit more and that has really stuck with me.
1: Oh, thank you. Uh, I wrote it after I eat mantras for breakfast, actually. And a- after the high of like writing I eat mantras, sometimes I look at that and I'm at, at mantras, I mean, and I'm like, wow, the energy of this is like, like a little bit beyond me. And it's like, I feel like I can write a longer one. Like There's a part of me that's like, this is really short, but I get idea, but I can make a longer one. So I went so I wrote hundred thousand places because I felt like I could write a longer journey and I wanted it to feel like a novel, and mm-hmm. I wanted to write a choose your own adventure game that didn't splinter. so i I wanted to have that feeling that you're still creating half of the story, like um, like if I say corpses, you could. You're the one animating what corpses feel, but it's not just a story because you're a character, so basically, it's the whole thing that I said a while ago about it. it's in second person, so you're inside of it. it's so much closer i mean i I know that a lot of the things that I'm describing also exist in normal fiction, but I really feel like the second person is so um just that little just that little. Device that little, I think it's choice. I think that just just that little choice that it's talking to you is so much more, um, powerful. Uh, I also got into that game because I do so. Um, so I'm a dance teacher, right? I do these somatic journeys where, like, I think I posted one um where uh you it's basically a guided meditation thing but it's also very visual it's very embodied so i tell people to wake up in the middle of the night and then to move their body as if they're on the bed right and i wanted to write a journey that's like times 10 longer than my usual session of like a of like a dance somatic journey so i wanted to just go to town to in terms of like um what fantastical elements what what places do i want to bring people and how do i you know how do i make it like how do i bring people to a lot of places and how can i make them survive and <laughs> survive but i mean how can i make it like uh, consistent or that they could latch on to something as you move from one place to another i actually wrote i i i wrote um 100,000 places in one go, like, in a day. Like, I just... Because I wanted the the, the momentum of the journey to feel like it's the same momentum from the start to finish. So, yeah. So I wanted to make a choose-your-own-adventure game that didn't splinter, that felt like a long-ass dance journey, but 10 times longer. (laughs) So that's why it's, like, broken up to chapters. But the chapters are, like, one place that you journey
0: in. Yeah, that's super interesting thinking about it as like guided meditation i think that maybe makes more sense than the the numerous ways i've tried to to make sense of it hearing that you wrote it all in one day makes a lot of sense as well because it does have this very like intense like almost like like don't stop reading like we don't we don't have time for that like we're, we're gonna keep moving and we're gonna keep going through this uh which which i really enjoyed it's a a style of writing that i think is it's a through line definitely between that and, and mantras and, and probably some of your other works. But is one that I, I, I found really compelling in, in just some of the specific ways, even of just like, like not choosing to put commas between like different actions, which is just like a small thing, but like the, the grammar in my brain will like refuse to let me do any sort of writing that doesn't <laughs> adhere to these rules. Um, yeah. So it's, yeah. it's but it was a very small thing that has like a very powerful effect within that, within that that game meditation story. Uh, however, uh, to describe it, yeah, fever
1: dream. <laughs> yeah, but I, but I feel like it's just the honest voice, or I feel like it's just what my honest voice sounds like. Yeah. Even in dancing, one of my mentors told me. Maria, it's like when you dance, it's like you always have run on sentences and I'm like, yo, that's how I write. I always have run on sentences. And I'm like, eh, I'm so consistent. (laughs) I mean, so so I realize that sometimes it's not even the decision, it's just me. Like I'm I'm just looking for that feeling. So and I'm like, Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, so I'm just gonna keep talking like this with no you know, like with no stops and like less periods and just keep it's it's almost like you're falling and you just keep falling and you just don't yeah. stop. You remember those psychology tests where they ask you, um, so you see a wall, how close it how close is it to you? Or mm-hmm. like you see a door or a gate, um is it rusty? Is it big? Is it open? Can you see through it? And then they and then they say that, huzzah that's your relationship with your problem or huzzah, that's your relationship with new things, right? I always, like, I always thought those icebreakers were so fun because it was so interesting how everybody had a different answer. Like, oh, someone saw a golden gate or someone saw a heavy door or someone else saw like a tiny door and how it says so much about the person of what they saw. So I feel like that's also what I'm exploring in games or specifically 100,000 places because I'm like, I'm pretty sure the doors everywhere chapter, I feel like, each person has a different vision of what doors look like Mm -hmm. and it's always going to denote to how people enter things or begin things or threshold of things and i just love how um i just i was like can i make a exercise like that but make it like way longer like like i just found them so rich like everybody has a different concept of uh, i mean everybody has a different concept of wall or everybody has a different concept of mm, church or basement like other people when you say basement they just think of a regular basement but other people go way deep or like way bleak so i just wanted to it's almost like i wanted to play with another person's subconscious like i wanted to tell a story for your subconscious not your conscious mind hmm. and like i wanted like because i because that's how i tell myself stories sometimes that ah, oh, what do i need right now hmm it looks like a garden okay what is the garden what's the color of the garden and then you just keep going with the story And then sometimes when I look at the stories that I wrote like that, I'm like, wow, that's so reflective of the Maria of that age and time. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Wow, stories are so smart. (laughs) So I kind of wanted to write a blueprint of something like that. Like every time you go back to the story, the snakes are going to be different because what's killing you is going to be different. Every time you come back to the story as a different person, you're going to tell a different story because. You're gonna animate these archetypes, or these—not really archetypes. I mean, these these nouns as you're gonna cast them differently. So I just I just really love them.
0: <laughs> One of the things I think that a hundred thousand places does really well is it kind of helps ease people in to to that to kind of what is kind of a through line between almost all tabletop games of like bringing part of yourself there and like kind of narrative Narrativizing your your adventure, your story, or however the experiences and a hundred thousand places kind of guides you through some of that, where uh people might otherwise feel like a little maybe self-conscious of like just being asked to just like freeform draw out the story. Like some people fall into it super easily, but I've also found people that are like kind of hesitant and like don't really aren't used to telling stories that way. Um, even if once they get oh. into it, they really enjoy it so i I think uh a hundred thousand places, even if it's like challenging in certain ways, it's also like really inviting in the way that it is structured to to really be like an easy thing for people who maybe haven't played a lot of of tabletop games or even read like experimental poetry or or meditation or whatever to to still have a meaningful experience and feel like they like they, like they, quote unquote, did it right.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I, I have this other thing that I, I, I really noticed too. Sometimes I like it when the game is smarter than me or nicer to me. Like I mean, nicer to me than I am nice to myself. Like, mm-hmm. um, like, uh, I keep mentioning Japanese games, but then again, so much of my games are informed by them, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> there's this. So the game that I mentioned before, like one of Jamie's early games, Love Stories of Manila, it has a question about, um, so how does the um, lesson that the reader learned affect everybody else in the city of Manila? And I was was so shocked because with that simple question, the game already told you that your simple growth is going to ripple out to everybody. But it didn't tell you that. It just asked you, so how does this how is this gonna ripple to everybody else? And it's so hopeful as a question. and it it forces you to feel like you are valued or worthy by the end of the game, right? So I feel like for stories that are difficult, and even because I'm also part of this video game project that has difficult topics and they were stressing about how, people's mental health issues could, you know, spiral down. And I was like, no, 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 no. The game could be hard-coded to believe in the player. And it could have questions like the one that I just mentioned that's going to help people prime or frame their experience in a positive light. So I feel like with games like these, it's, it's, it's like, yes, you're going on a difficult journey, but someone's holding your hand. And the person who's holding your hand is... Like believes in you or loves you or is taking care of you or probably believes in you more than you should. Like 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 Mantras believes in you more than you should. <laughs> no, I mean more than you could possibly you Get it? Like like mm-hmm. sometimes I write stuff that I'm like, Yo, I don't usually say this to myself, but if it's like for other people, yes, you have to say it like this. So I feel like it's uh like. Like it's not an accident that a hundred thousand places narrator is in love with you. Like narrator <laughs> is a lover, right? It's the mm-hmm. it was like it just came out, but you know, but that's also not an accident. Like, like I feel like a lot of people write games too that have. I mean, um, I know I keep going back to the 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 narrator needs to believe in the player because I actually have read games on itch where where it's on purpose rude to the player or antagonistic or um, kind of brings you down or tears you apart. And I'm like, what's the point? I'm mm. like, <laughs> mean, what's the point? That's not going to make someone better at playing or that's not, um, it's not whole, right? It's not, um, it's not super helpful. Like, and, I, and, and technically, you're taking care of your reader because they're giving you the privilege of being read right so you do want to give something so I think that's what I'm looking for in terms of and um what I'm looking for slash what I love about games because sometimes the text is smarter than you in terms of how to love yourself or like how to take care of yourself through a hard thing because they will give you a hard thing right so they will so they will like have an occasional you can do this and then hard thing right so yeah I feel like yeah, like other than more more aesthetics, I mean, other than more, wow, my brain needs to arrange itself, <laughs> but I mean, other than visually engaging material, I feel like that's the other thing that I'm also really passionate about games, that I really want people to write games that believe in their players more, and that they take care of their players while they do hard things.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um so i I would love to to continue going down this rabbit hole for for ages, but don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, are you able to say anything about your video game project uh, before we close out? i you know we didn't get to that one.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. um it's not it's not out yet. And, and it's still very much in the works, but we're doing something around grief, and I'm actually really um. The, ha- the the project just happened and the, the, the. backspace backspace <laughs> the project just happened like lightning in a way like mm-hmm. it just it, I mean, I feel like I feel like with the pandemic a lot of stuff just um turned over, right so a lot of people are more receptive about more consciously carrying games so. Yeah, we're doing one around stages of grief, and it's it's kind of like a platformer. But we're gonna do the whole lyrical stuff, hopefully through the NPCs. But it's still very much in the works. But I'm honestly really excited because I always wanted, um, yeah, I always wanted something more. Hmm. Hmm. What did I want? <laughs> what do I want? Hmm. Hmm. I guess I wanted more assets in a way, like like'm I'm, I'm sorry, Nate, let me find my words. i think I think I'm curious about the scale because I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of my games are more very much a solo endeavor, so I'm kind of curious of how like my ideas would translate with like a larger group, so I'm really excited about that, to be honest. Yeah, and I think we need more, um, just quote unquote, mainstream games that are more conscious about emotional notes and catharsis. Slash, hmm, it's almost like emotional labor, right? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. like like conscious about emotional labor, but also facilitating it in like an empowered way and smart way. Because I think there's a really dumb way to do it, so you know, there's a smart way to do it. Mm-hmm. It's fun beautiful
0: yeah yeah 100 percent agree on that and i'm very excited to see this whenever whenever it comes out i will i'll have to keep an eye out for that um but it sounds yeah, yeah
1: thank you <laughs> I,
0: I i would very much appreciate that as i've just kind of become a recluse in my cave and and struggle to keep up with the passing of time and and new stuff coming out so Always excited to hear that that something exciting is coming down the line. Uh so where can where can people uh, find you on the internet if they want to find your work and and keep up with all the stuff coming out?
1: Yeah, so I'm always on Twitter, which is Maria Misson, M A R I A M I S O N, and my itch account is Maria Bloomby, which is M I R I A B U M B Y, and I have a Patreon too. That's also Maria Misson, and if you want to get get my games for cheap you, you just subscribe there and it's always released whatever the price point but i post them on a after a week anyway but yeah
0: awesome uh definitely recommend people go and check those out if they haven't already yeah i mean if you've listened all the way into this in this podcast i feel like you owe it to yourself if you haven't played any any of these yet uh so closing out the show i've been asking each guest to kind of share something that's been giving them hope or just inspiring them recently uh pretty much just about anything uh could work but i like to i don't know i like to know what's been giving other people hope as we've all been kind of yeah scrambling to find what works for us
1: i really like shonen manga (laughs) i love hiking so much and right recently i've been reading some one piece it's just Sometimes I need I mean I know I read a lot of queer and emotional games but sometimes I just need like a protagonist that doesn't give up and you mm-hmm. see them beat down and that they just and they just keep going and it's just like uh my children <laughs> I love them so much and I, I've been also really liking a lot of the Hades content that's coming up on my Twitter oh, timeline. Yes. It's so gorgeous, like ooh, oh, ooh, it's, it's like mm wow i feel like i follow the right people
0: (laughs) yeah i haven't played hades yet but i've been very much appreciating everybody else on my twitter feed playing hades and posting just just a bunch of really thirsty screenshots to to be perfectly honest (laughs) everyone in that Uh, i don't know if i have one yet i I have I, i i need to play the game more everyone in that game is incredibly hot it's honestly not fair uh but <laughs> i i i appreciate that it exists it's the game that we need right now
1: yeah visually i i really like um a chaos and mm. ares yeah like if it's just visual cuz i haven't played the game either but based on just the twitter threads
0: yeah i am have to i'm going to have to think about that and and i'll get back to you if i find a conclusion i feel like it's hard to hard to choose
1: yeah
0: yeah they're yeah. all nice mm-hmm. uh, briefly just back on, on your, your shonen recommendation Are is there as someone who hasn't read like one piece or any of these kind of really on- ongoing series is there where would where would I come in if I wanted to, to have any understanding of this or, or really just like what would be the best place for oh, me to jump crap. in if that's oh a question God. that can be answered
1: I, I feel no 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 no, no that's, that's the perfect question I feel like Haikyuu, Haikyuu hands down, is like... I mean, I love sports anime, so Mm -hmm. it just has really good... Ah, damn it, damn it. It's just, each, you will fall in love with each character and each rival team. It's just, just, you will need to do jumping jacks in between chapters. (laughs) And they just, yeah, and they just announced season four. And I'm like, oh, it's the last season. And it's, yeah, then... mm, I'm just preparing my soul <laughs> to to watch and cry. Cause the manga got um the manga ended kinda soon, too soon because of the pandemic, because Fudorate, the author, like they timed the ending, like the Olympics leg of Haiku with the actual Olympics in Japan. But since that got cancelled, they couldn't oh. write it. So they just Yeah, so they just time skipped it to the ending, and I was like,
0: Oh, oh that's my gosh.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's still pretty well written, but I've been following, like, like Haikyuu's been my emotional support manga since I was in college. Like, it's been that long, but oh, I've wow. been, like, like, pining over these baby boys. But, yeah, I mean, it's just so weird that it's ending, but it's also, like, oh my gosh, I, I, I'm still really happy when I see um, people rediscover something that I've loved for a long time. I mean, and then another another favorite shonen manga that I really like is um, Mob Psycho 100 because it mm-hmm. just has a bunch of psychics, and the main character is a very insecure, overpowered psychic. Um, it's really great. I mean, if you if you like One Punch Man, um, but want something more supernatural, Mob Psycho has gorgeous animation. Mm. So yeah,
0: I will definitely check that out. I've needed a new. A new anime fix. Really, the only thing that's like pulled me out of like my deeper bouts of depression mm. during this pandemic is finally watching Full Metal Alchemist. Which <gasps> yes! I hadn't. Yes! I had never seen. No everyone, everyone, no so everyone's like, you need to watch this. And then I watched it, and it was it was very. It was exactly what I needed. Uh. So now, right now, there's this gaping oh, hole where these uh.
1: Oh, metal, alchemist him yeah. to be.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, totally. Oh, my gosh. Don't worry. I feel like Haikyuu would level to it. I I, I can totally relate, though, because sometimes I needed to read, um, I, like, when I got burnt out for a bit a few weeks ago, I just had to read one piece all day. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I, I'm just gonna, you know, I just need a simple story where the good guys win all the time. Okay, come on. Let's just insert this into my brain.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good bookend as we as we have this long discussion about these games that are super challenging. And sometimes we just need <laughs> sometimes we just need the simple story, where where are yeah. good battles over evil and everybody's beautiful and it's just you know it's just a nice time just a nice time to hang out. Uh, yeah. So yeah. yeah. So we'll definitely check out um, all of those. It's really a, a very specific niche that I need filled so I appreciate it um and I appreciate you coming on it's been a lot of fun I'm very excited to see what else you do in the future I'm sure it'll be awesome uh and yeah I hope I hope you enjoy the rest of your day uh if it's more muffins or or otherwise oh,
1: yes yes I will definitely get another I will finish the muffin I was having yes
0: <laughs> Alrighty. well you take care, then. I won't keep you from the muffin any longer. <laughs> I know how that fight. <laughs> I know how that ends.
1: Oh gosh! Thank you, also.
0: All righty. Catch you later. I really Bye.
1: This. Absolutely
0: Bye. great having you on.
1: Take care.
0: Critical Care is produced by me, Nate Kiernan, with music by Desired. You can find Desired on Bandcamp at desired.bandcamp.com. I'm on Twitter at Nate Kiernan, and you can keep up with everything Critical related at critical.com. If you like the show, maybe share it with a loved one, and if you're able, consider supporting the work of my wonderful guests. Until next time, stay safe, stay home, and remember, this is not game over. We're still fighting, and we're going to get through this.